Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 is back, and we are ready to go. Big week ahead alongside Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton, Paul Koharski, uh, getting some dental work done. If you watch the show in weeks past, you know he chipped his tooth trying to eat a bagel. Uh, well, he's getting that tooth fixed today. So, Paul, we hope everything's going well, and uh, we're glad you're with us for the show. If you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate that. You can hit the subscription button, ring that bell, and you know we go live every day at noon Eastern, across the OutKick network. Lance Lee, Jacob Swanson making the show happen. David Reed, the chairman of the board. Uh, Sarah Triplett, Regan McCrossland, our, our production assistants. Also, a shout out to Becca Risley and Sleepy Danny down the hall as we broadcast live from Studio G in Nashville, Tennessee, the Blackbird Studio and the Blackbird Academy. A lot to get to today. Chad, good morning. Good morning. We have, I've never been a bagel guy myself, but we have officially banned bagels uh, from the show, but just in protest of Paul and uh, his situation with a broken <laughs> tooth and having to get that tooth uh, uh, removed. Sarah and Regan both laughed at Paul uh, when it happened, and Paul's still holding a grudge. But Paul, a man who likes to hold grudges, we all know that, still very angry with them about it. Um, I'm looking behind Hutton right now, and I'm seeing this beautiful Eddie George Celebrity Golf Classic uh, poster. And Hutton, you had a, a fun night last night at a really cool event. Yeah, it was a big night. And uh, shout out to Eddie and, and the, the great crew uh, with his team raising money uh, for the TSU Athletic Fund and the, uh, the Tamara and Edward George Legacy Fund. Uh, they do great work. An inaugural event taking place today, and then they had a big kickoff event last night with a, a who's who in attendance. So uh, props to him and uh, bigger events to come. I'll, I will give a quick plug for the uh, Tim Tebow chat that is available online. Uh, still to come, Bo Jackson as well will be a part of the Cigars, Cocktails, and Conversation with Eddie George. Uh, be on the lookout for that. Last week, we ended the week with discussion about the SEC and expansion, Texas and Oklahoma making the move to the Southeastern Conference. And this morning, both universities making it official with a statement, a joint statement from both Texas and Oklahoma, which we'll read in just a moment. There we go. The University of Texas at Austin and the University of Oklahoma notified the Big 12 Athletic Conference today that they will not be renewing their grants of media rights following expiration in 2025. Providing notice to the Big 12 at this point is important in advance of the expiration of the conference's current media rights agreement. The universities intend to honor their existing grant of rights agreements. However, both universities will continue to monitor the rapidly evolving collegiate athletics landscape as they consider how best to position their athletics programs for the future. That from Texas, and Oklahoma as they prepare to make the jump to the SEC, alerting the Big 12 that they're out. They're leaving. Well, alerting them, it's really the best of all worlds if you look at this from a, a Texas and Oklahoma perspective because they don't have to pay that $76 million fee they would have to pay to leave early in this. They're going to still collect their revenue share for being a part of the Big 12. They're notifying the Big 12. They're not going to go into any other grant of rights agreement after that. So uh, uh, effectively telling them that they're out when this contract is up. Puts the onus on the Big 12. Do you want to have this lame duck four-year process, four-football season process, where we are a part of the Big 12, but you know that we're leaving for the SEC? Or do you want to cut bait and work out a deal early in advance of that where we can leave and start getting that SEC check at some point? This is also going to force the SEC, not force them, they're going to want to do this, they're going to want to renegotiate with ESPN, uh, with all of their broadcast partners. So that's going to be a big part of this. It's really a great spot to be in if you're Oklahoma and Texas because 
You've got the Big 12 by the you-know-what. You don't have to pay a dime right now. They're saying that you know, we, at least for now, are planning on playing out this existing grant of rights agreement through 2025, and then we're not going to sign anything after that. Everyone knows they want to go to the SEC. We know now the SEC wants to do business with Texas and Oklahoma. I think it's perfect for the Big 12. And now it's sad, or sorry, perfect for Texas and Oklahoma, sad for the Big 12 that there's reports coming out that they're having conference calls to try to appease Texas and Oklahoma by giving them more revenue shares, which now it's just sad watching the Big 12 react to this. Well, it's their last-ditch effort, and I think that's also a sign that they have no recourse, right? They, they know they're done for with Texas and Oklahoma leaving the conference. It's not like they go find two other schools and bring them in and replace what they're losing. They can't be replaced. Um, and, you know, the, the Big 12 is probably also looking at it like if we lose these two, we're losing others who are also going to abandon the ship. Let's back up for a moment, though. Over the weekend, Chad, and just thinking about the back-channeling that had to take place to make this happen, the discussions, and how everything was able to keep quiet for upwards of, the talk was six months that this was going on. Greg Sankey is, is now the head of the NCAA. Now, he's been that for a while, the de facto head of the NCAA, but there is no more Power Five. This is now the SEC taking the lead. The Big Ten is still there as well. But it's Greg Sankey playing Tony Soprano, but in, in a good way. He's, he's, he's the good version, the likable version of, of Tony Soprano. I, I, I would say this too, Chad. How, you mentioned the renegotiation and the, the TV deals for the SEC. Who's to say that Sankey can't go back to the college football playoff folks and say, look, we're now head and shoulders above anything going right now. Step up to the plate. What more can you offer? Or we're going to create our own thing. We're going to go a conference-only schedule. We're going to have an SEC semifinal and an SEC final. We'll declare our own national champion with a massive conference because that leads into the reports over the weekend that Clemson, Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State, they've all discussed the SEC as well. It just seems, that to me seems like a stretch. I mean, they may have discussed it in passing. Boy, if they're forming a super conference, we need to be in on that football super conference. But my understanding of Big Ten media rights right now is it would be way too expensive to try to break out of that for any team in the Big Ten because they are also a very lucrative conference. Um, going back to the ESPN part of this, yes, I am curious just how much ESPN um, had to do with this on the front end. And what I mean by that is Greg Sankey's not making a decision on Texas, Oklahoma, unless he talks with his main media partner. So ESPN is one of the networks that came back and said, we're not going to talk to the Big 12 right now. We're not going to discuss re-upping a television contract. We're not going to do any of that. So it makes me think that the ESPN, that ESPN probably went back to Greg Sankey and the SEC and said, you know, let's talk about how much we would be paying you for Texas, Oklahoma joining your conference. Doesn't it feel like there's some sort of agreement beforehand that go, just go, we don't want to pay. We don't want to pay for everything. We want to pay for you, and we'd love to pay for Texas and Oklahoma. We don't care about the rest of the Big 12. So you should talk to Texas, Oklahoma, and we're going to line your pockets with more money because they're the two most valuable properties in the Big 12 that we are willing to pay big money for. So this could eventually actually save money for ESPN. Add Texas, Oklahoma to the SEC. We'll pay the SEC more. SEC will make more money. We don't have to talk to the Big 12 at that point. They're done. We don't care about Big 12 basketball. We don't care about Big 12 football at that point without Texas and Oklahoma. I think SEC, sorry, ESPN has also been a driver in all of this conference realignment when we talk specifically Texas and OU? Well, I, I completely agree. I mean, they're running the back channels too because they're now going to own. We, we, we discussed the biggest pieces of the pie last week and what the SEC would consume. ESPN now owns that starting in 2025, both from a, a broadcast standpoint and a digital space. They can start charging a, a, a premium service, much like ESPN Plus, for SEC Network, or you put certain games on ESPN Plus only. And that's starting this year. There but, are going to be games on ESPN Plus only in the I, SEC this year. But 
Which games are those? Those are the it's gonna be, yeah, games. It's, it's not going to be the top. I, ones. I'm talking. You you put Alabama, Tennessee on ESPN Plus. Like that's I think that's where we're headed down the road. The marquee matchups are what you want to pay for and watch. So I I was thinking about this over the weekend also. I'm a fan of uh, of Marvel stories. Okay, the comic book stories. Not I'm not a comic book fan, but I like what they do with Disney Plus with Marvel shows. I like Loki. I like Falcon and Winter Soldier. I actually like WandaVision. But Disney, who owns ESPN, Disney's plan is we are going to produce as much profitable content as possible. This is every media company's ultimate plan, right? But what do they have? They have Marvel. They have Star Wars. So they are producing as much Marvel Star Wars content as possible. That is the parent company of ESPN and the SEC Network. What is ESPN Plus doing with this? They are taking the marvel of college football, and they're going to put it behind a paywall. I'm with you on that. The ultimate strategy is let's not worry about having everything at ESPN. Let's overpay for very little. And if you're going to overpay for anything in college football, it is the SEC, and it's especially the SEC if it involves Texas and Oklahoma. This is now becoming the Marvel Studios of college sports. Greg Sankey is running that studio. ESPN is partnering with it. Disney also. Now now you're getting into big bucks in terms of the amount of subscriptions you're going to have for ESPN Plus based on college football fans being mandatory for you to consume the product that you want, which would be the SEC. And oh, by the way, especially the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma involved. Completely agree. I would go back to my question last week. From a business model standpoint, why stop there if you're ESPN? If you can put things behind a paywall, why not build a mega conference? Why not bring in Clemson, Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State, Miami? I mean, you can go bigger. We, we, we discussed it last week. We discussed it with Brent Hubbs from the, from the Tennessee Vols perspective as well. He doesn't think it stops at 16. Does it go to 20? Does it go to 24? And you can own the biggest brands in college football, and many times the biggest brands in college, period, coincide with that, and you put everything behind a paywall, and you own the college football property, and in turn, you own the college basketball property as well. It's, it's, why, why stop it's, at 16? It's smart business. It's smart business, and every possibility that we've laid out there, we even laid out possibilities for the Big 12 needing to merge with the Pac-12 at this point just to save themselves. Um, if, they're, if you're left, if you off, can. If you're left yeah. off the ship, right, and you're not going to be in the super conference, you've got to do something in order to survive. Um, I, I'm, we all know it's good business. We all know it's going to make a lot of money for these schools. Um, it, I don't think it's what's best for college football. I, I just don't. I, I think... And look, I don't, I don't fault Greg Sankey or the leadership at Texas and Oklahoma or ESPN or Disney, who owns ESPN, or anyone else for making business decisions. Not at all. But there is going to be a point where we're going to lose a lot of what we love about college football. Now, some are going to argue it's going to be more like the NFL. and We love the NFL, and that's great. I would also say that some of the differences between college football and the NFL is what makes it great and makes it historic and is the reason we keep coming back to it. So when you just mirror the NFL, for years I've said it's going to be a central governing body that schedules all the games. You're going to have these, this one super conference where it's going to be different. It's going to be the AFC North and the AFC well, South. Me, it's going to be different divisions that way. Give me an example of what, what you love about college football today that we're not going to have in 2025. Regionality. You know, I, I like the fact that it's kind of gone already. I like though. the fact, though, that y- you can hate Texas and Oklahoma, and Bob Stoops can can needle the SEC and say it's really not that good, and then we can have these arguments about how a team would fare in a different conference. And that's always the eternal debate. Well, I wonder what this team would do if they were in this division in another Power Five conference or Big Ten versus SEC. All of that. It is one of the elements that makes it special. Now, are people going to stop watching college football because of this? Probably really old people would. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm being completely honest. Like, if you're Disney and ESPN, your thought is, well, who are we going to sacrifice here? It's people that have watched college football for years that are going to hate these changes. And I don't like all of them either, 
but they may be the only ones that just stop watching. Because if you can produce, you know, Georgia and Michigan because a central governing scheduling body makes that happen, people are going to tune in for those games. We, we all know. Well, it. see, I, I think what, what, what you lose is the ability uh, – let me try to phrase this the proper way. There, uh, from an SEC perspective, there are fans whose week is determined on Saturday afternoon, win or lose, right? Ole Miss fans – are in pure misery or they're in pure glee based on the way that they perform on Saturday. We certainly know that's the case for Alabama, Tennessee. The list goes on and on. It can be Vandy, for that matter. I I think you lose out on opportunities to have more fan bases happy going into a week. But personally, I don't want to see Tennessee play Pittsburgh. I want to see Tennessee play an all-SEC schedule. That's the college football fan in me. I want to get away with the Bowling Greens and the Pittsburghs coming to Knoxville. I want to get away from Ole Miss scheduling MTSU or Mississippi State scheduling MTSU. I don't care about those games. And it's not on those schools to prop up the lower tier schools, bigger discussion here, uh, to make sure that their athletic budget is met. To me, that does away with that and the minutia of uh, taking a loss in order to help out your program. Well, I, there's, there's, I, That's a good thing to me for college football. And it's good for anyone that has no dog in the hunt. Sure. I mean, that's like you because you started this by bringing up, you know, Ole Miss. The Ole Miss fan is miserable, but the casual happy all week when they do that. If you have an all SEC schedule, that Ole Miss fan, that Mississippi State fan right now, that Tennessee fan, that South Carolina fan, that Vandy fan, that Kentucky fan, that Missouri fan, when they're getting their brains beaten in, they're not going to be happy. Well, what did you and think you of last year? You can always come back and say, well, look at your bottom line. You know, you're, you're thriving. What do you think of the schedule last I, year? I don't know that fans are really going to care as much about that. What'd you think of the schedule last year? I hated it because I'm a Tennessee fan. And they were three and seven, but that's that's my point of if you're a fan. But you had of higher expectations than that, even though it was an all SEC schedule. Absolutely, but team, there will be teams. And here's another part of this: you want to have the ability to flex on other conferences. So let's say the Big Ten stays out of this. I'm less interested in Ole Miss playing MTSU, just like you are. I, I would like to see Alabama play Indiana. You know, let's let's look at the upstart Indiana Hoosiers against them. I'd like to see Tennessee play Iowa State. Well, maybe you get that in a super conference. That's where I'm headed. Maybe you get that in a super conference. Right. But my only point is this: this all makes sense. What we're laying, I'm completely with you, Hutton. From a financial standpoint, from a pizzazz standpoint, it all makes perfect sense. But if you are inside of it and you are one of the fans of these schools that will probably start to get their brains beaten in week in and week out. I don't think that the, this, this mega conference and Disney and ESPN coming back and telling you, you know, but you're financially well off forever. You're always going to have football there. I don't know that that is a consolation prize for the fans of those individual schools. Now, will those schools have the ability uh, to rise up out of their circumstances now because the money they're getting and that it's going to be, you know, even across the board in terms of everyone getting rich? Off of this, to some extent, yes, but there's always going to be inherent advantage, and there's there's going to be advantages no matter what. I, I get that, but I, I don't I don't think this is a clear cut. Everyone wins, everyone's going to love it. There's going to be some teams out there that are going to hate this. Uh, but I I think you there will be some cream at the at the top of this. The Alabamas, Oklahomas. Uh, LSU's Texas eventually Texas but but Texas is not at that cream of the crop right now yeah. right now uh, Georgia where you skim the, you skim that off the top and then I think you have an extremely competitive conference I don't think you see a lot of blowouts I don't think a t- teams go in getting their brains beaten in week in and week out I, I think you you do that you're, they're doing that anyway in the SEC with the top tier pl- teams and there's a reason why we know Alabama is going to win the conference. There's a reason why Georgia's going to win the East. That's We know that going in. But I still expect the, the middle-tier group, which Tennessee prides itself in being in right now, of being a very competitive team within the overall group of teams. And, I mean, if you're going into it thinking, I'm not saying you, if, if a fan is thinking, oh, we have a chance to be 6-6 six and six and now we're going to win four games. If you're counting the, the wins over Pittsburgh and, and others as a win instead of playing a tougher opponent, what does that really say about what you're in for at 
with on on the SEC. You well, see what I'm saying? Like it's you're rooting. You're 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 you'd rather have a forty to nothing blowout potentially, and I realize that couldn't happen this year. You'd rather have a forty to nothing blowout over a team than play someone up, up, more up in your caliber and in your conference for a more competitive matchup. Yeah, I mean Pittsburgh's probably not the example. Bowling Green I mean, is look, the example. Just, I'm losing, I'm Pittsburgh's the, a good matchup between power conference teams. I'm using the non-conference yeah, opponent. No, I, I I get what you're saying, and I think that for fans. Part of the reason that SEC fans love their SEC team is the superiority complex of SEC fans. And if you never have the ability to whip someone lesser than you in the SEC, it takes some of that away because I I also don't get excited about seeing a team lose every weekend but being able to come back and say, well, we're in the SEC, so at least we have that going for us. Even though we're getting whooped, and you know, I know these games aren't happening with other conferences, but theoretically, we would beat those teams if well, those games happen. So let, let's tie it together with this question: If you are, and, and I think we know the answer, if you're the SEC, and you know Texas and Oklahoma, they're leaving the Big Twelve. Doesn't matter that they're coming to the SEC; they're leaving the Big Twelve. You know that the Big Ten or the ACC or others would reach out and take Texas and Oklahoma immediately. You, do, you, you have to vote yes because of that. Yeah. Because you're going to be lapped if you don't. And when I say lapped, they're going to build their own super conference with their own TV deals, and you're left with your 14. And the 14 is really good. The SEC is the top tier. But you want to stay, and you want to set the tone and keep the pace. You want people staring at you as you lead the, 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 the track. You don't look in the rearview mirror. Right, you're looking to lap others. That's what the SEC is doing right now, and with the mega money that's involved with this, you can't vote no, even if you think it's bad for certain teams within your own conference, because the rising tide raises all ships in this instance. And with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma, to me, there opens the door for the addition of a lot of other programs that can join into a mega conference and. Let's be honest here too, Chad. There's a lot of people that are all for this just so they can say that the SEC smothered the Big 12. And that's well, exactly and let, what's happening. Let me be clear on, on what I'm arguing here. You would be dumb, foolish, idiotic if you're the SEC and you did not take Texas and Oklahoma. It is a no-brainer. You should do it. My only point is when everything is about the money, which it is, and it's all about the money right now in college sports, and it's all about survival, there is, when things are uncertain and the ground beneath you is shaky, there are two ways you can go. You can go on offense, you can go on defense. The SEC, Texas, Oklahoma together are going on offense because no one really knows what the hell to expect in college sports with one-time transfer rules, with NIL, with the Supreme Court ruling, with everything. So they are looking out for themselves and they are protecting themselves. And there is a lot to be said for every current SEC team and whoever they add being protected in a bubble of financial security for all time, which is going to happen. But I'll also say on the flip side of that, it's not all going to be good. I just don't think anytime something like this happens, it's going to be universally a win for everyone. There's going to be some unintended consequences with this that longtime fans of the sport won't like. Again, do I think it's going to turn off a ton of people and they're going to stop watching college football on Saturday because of this? No. Absolutely not. For a few, maybe. But for a younger generation of sports fans, I think it's probably a a good thing in the long term. But when you're looking at it all through the lens of money only and survival, I don't think it's going to be the the perfect thing that some are making it out to be. I think it's smart. I think you got to do it if you're the SEC. I think you got to do it if you're Oklahoma and Texas. It's not all going to be good, though. Final headline from the weekend on, on this topic. Um... Texas A&M is meeting today at 5 o'clock, their Board of Regents, to discuss this movement with Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC, what they knew, what they didn't know, what they should have known. To my knowledge, Chad, there's not much they can do about this because of the vote. It comes down to the institutional vote where if 11 of the 14 vote yes, Texas and Oklahoma are getting in. They, They will be admitted to the SEC. Other than that, what recourse do they have? I'm, I'm intrigued by, I mean, clearly they're meeting for some recourse. Uh, it can't just be about, you know, lick our wounds and, and how, do we, how do we make it sound like we're all for this even though we're not? Maybe that's what they do because you say they're going to vote 14 all. 
Um, and it's all in the wording of the statement. Maybe that's what they're doing here. But fighting this, I, I don't see how it's even worth their time. I understand Texas A&M being upset by all this and, and how it went down. And I think anyone could, could understand that they would be a little bit upset. They need to shut up and stop. There's nothing they can do. They're going to vote yes. It's going to be a 14 to nothing vote to allow Texas and Oklahoma in. The recourse, Hutton, is the SEC kicks them out if they keep making noise. And you do not want that. You do not want to be left without a seat when the music stops. And you want a seat in the SEC if you're Texas A&M. Now you've got the other story from the Houston Chronicle that Texas legislator, they're meeting and they're forming some bill to block Texas from leaving well, but they're, the they're, Big 12. But they're arguing as, as, the, as the face of the state, as our institutional face, we deserve to know movement in conference alignment. I don't think it's against the SEC as much as it is what they knew and what they didn't know ahead of time. They, the, the line of communication, they want, they want to be involved in the back channel in the negotiation. Yeah. That, that's the way it was worded. And that, at least that's how I read it. I, I don't think they're stopping this. Look, I love the drama of A&M After today's being mad about this and having all these conference calls and everything else, but it, it's getting time. It's, it's, it's probably past that time for A&M just to be quiet and just accept what we all know is going to happen. And that is a 14 to nothing vote for Texas and Oklahoma to join. And they're going to be one of the yes votes. Jacob, put up the statement just one more time. I think it's important to note that with Texas A&M meeting today uh, and, and with state legislatures in, in Texas uh, also discussing this, this is a joint statement from Texas and Oklahoma. And uh, just to paraphrase, they say they're leaving the Big 12. They're notifying them that they're not going to be renewing their grants of media rights following expiration in 2025. They mention nothing about the Southeastern Conference in this. They mention nothing about joining another conference period. But this is, what, this is what's happening. And, and then they go on to say that both universities will continue to monitor rapidly evolving collegiate athletics landscape as they consider how to best position their athletics programs for the future. That's them admitting that they're a duo, they're moving together, and they're headed to the SEC. And with everything else going on. It's them admitting it four years in advance of the expiration of the <laughs> Grant of Rights Agreement. Well, to me, this, this is, there's this a buyout is not coming a, somehow. Yes, this is not a six-month notice. Hey, I know you guys are having a hard time finding a media partner, so we want to let you know that we're not going to be involved in those media discussions. This is four years in advance of that expiring in 2025. I, I agree with you, Hutton. This is going to end up being some sort of settlement and agreement to pay the Big 12 something to get out. I'm guessing in the next two years they, would, they will be a member of the SEC. I don't think it's next season. I think there's, obviously this season will be played out. I think there may be one other season. They're going to chop two years off of that, chop it in half. They'll be joining the SEC by the 2023 season, let's say. That would be my, my guess on things right now. We are going to open up the phone lines. 855-208-8806. 855-208-8806. If you'd like to chime in, uh, you can voice your take and opinion on the SEC expansion with Texas and Oklahoma. Also, when we come back, uh, I have a trade proposal for the NFL that on the surface level, Chad, does not make that much sense. Like, I'll raise my head and, and admit, on surface level, there's just a little bit of ripples. There's not a big wave. And you, you look at it and you think, oh, th there could be something better. But beneath the surface, there's a lot going on. And I think it makes sense for both sides. We'll, we'll un unpack a bit of the layers to a trade proposal uh, when we come back. Outkick360, again, hit us up on Twitter, at Outkick360, and you can join the YouTube chat. Chad's logging in right now. Yeah, we've got a lot of uh, good stuff already uh, pouring in on the YouTube chat. Phone lines are open also. We, we just gave you the number, so let's, uh, let's hear from you. 855-208-8806. First, ExpressVPN. Your online activity, it's your business, period. Every device in your digital life should be secured with ExpressVPN. I know most of you are probably thinking, you don't, just use incognito mode. Let me tell you something, incognito mode does not hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. 
That's why even when we're at home, we never go online without using ExpressVPN. It doesn't matter, Chad, if you get your internet from Verizon or Comcast or AT&T, ISPs in the U.S. can legally sell your information to ad companies. Yeah, and ExpressVPN also keeps all of your info secure by encrypting 100% of the data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, you're not even going to realize that you have ExpressVPN on. It runs seamlessly in the background. It's very easy to use. So here's what you need to do. You can protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Visit this link, expressvpn.com slash outkick360, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That is expressvpn.com slash outkick360. E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash outkick360. Expressvpn.com slash outkick360 to learn more. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Alongside Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. PK will be with us uh, momentarily. If you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate that. You can join us on the YouTube chat, Facebook Live as well. You can also uh, watch through the link on Twitter, at Outkick 360. And while you're at YouTube, subscribe, ring that bell. You're automatically entered to win a Sony and Hertz Audison prize pack, full car stereo system. We're going to draw a winner next month. And Sony and Hertz Audison hooking you up with a $2,500 car stereo system just for being a subscriber to Outkick 360. One lucky subscriber will win that prize pack. So a trade on the surface level that I admit, you read a headline and you think, no way it's happening. But as you dive deeper into this scenario, consider what it could mean for both teams. The Packers begin training camp on Wednesday. Will Aaron Rodgers report? That's question number one. Number two, we know Deshaun Watson has reported to Texans camp. He does not want to be the quarterback of the Houston Texans. To this point, the NFL has not suspended him. Um, He's reporting he's not being fined $50,000 per day for his absence, although he's now forcing the Texans' hand, uh, much like we knew that the Atlanta Falcons were going to trade Julio Jones. We now know the Houston Texans are going to trade Deshaun Watson. The question is not if, but when. What about Aaron Rodgers? Does he report to Packers camp? And if so, does he play the season? Here's a quote from their general manager, Brian Gutenkust, who admits that they have tried everything possible to ensure that he reports at the team's annual meeting of shareholders. Quote, we have been working tirelessly with Aaron Rodgers and his reps to resolve the issues he raised this offseason and remain hopeful for a positive outcome. Now, they have tried, Chad, they have tried by giving him a contract extension, making him the highest paid player in the NFL for this upcoming season and potentially year two of a contract extension. He turned that down. We, we know that they have personally flown both Gutenkist and Mark Murphy, the team president, and Matt LaFleur have flown to meet with representatives and with Aaron Rodgers. That has been reported. That to no avail. To me, this goes beyond just the Jordan Love debacle of a pick or cutting a player that he's best friends with. There is a trust level factor with all of this with Aaron Rodgers, whether or not you agree with him or not. There, he's out, and, and he can report, much like Deshaun Watson did, and still be out on the organization. Chad, in thinking about this trade, Aaron Rodgers for Deshaun Watson, the question is, how do you pull it off with the draft picks and the monetary value? Because Mortensen has said that the Texans have wanted upwards of five picks for Watson. This was prior to Watson reporting to camp. What would it take right now? And I I think the discussion point that's fun to have is if you dive deeper into Green Bay and Houston and the quarterback swap, there would be less contingencies needed to make that deal happen than what other teams would require. 
and I don't have the exact cap numbers with me for both teams, but the cap room could be exchanged because both players are under contract, and certainly there would be dead money to deal with, but now that we're after June 1st, that June 1st deadline, you can spread that cap hit out over the next two years. You don't have to take the full brunt of it for making a trade right now. And again, you're trading big money for big money here. If another team wanted Deshaun Watson right now, you're likely going to have to free up massive cap room immediately, which you don't have. And you're going to have to deal with a lot of contingency issues because we don't know Watson's future. The key with Green Bay is they have Jordan Love. They have a quarterback that they've invested a very high draft pick in. We know that they view him as starting quality at some point. So I think worst case and maybe the only case scenario for Green Bay as it all plays out is maybe they only end up with Jordan Love if Aaron Rodgers chooses to retire. That option's on the table. But could you come up with a scenario for both teams to get a quote-unquote win? It would be a massive win for Houston. It could be a win for Green Bay with Watson, depending on how things work out legally and depending on exactly Rodgers' mindset in all of this. And I, I'm just thinking, we, we know Watson's going to be traded. Can, can Aaron Rodgers be traded by Green Bay? Or does he retire? Does he report? Does he report and, he, and he's fine? I just don't see how it just, he just walks back into the locker room after this entire offseason and acts like everything's fine because it's clear it's not fine. Yeah, I don't think that's happening, him just walking back in and acting like everything's fine. Um, I, I also, it, it's interesting to think about that possibility. I just don't think it makes, the Texans aren't going to be good with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they'll be better, but I don't know that that makes sense for them to invest that much in Aaron, because it's a clear rebuild right now in Houston going on. You, so, have a guy, you have a team with a lot of one-year contracts. It's a way to screw over Aaron Rodgers by trading him to such a bad team. I think if you're Green Bay, if you could pull that off. But I just don't. I'm trying to look at the motivation. It wouldn't make that much sense for Houston to invest that much money in Aaron Rodgers in a trade, in a short-term situation, because they're nowhere close to the playoffs right now well, uh, with that well, roster. that's not Green Bay's concern. No, it's not, but I'm saying I'm, I'm trying to look at Houston. That, it would make no sense for them. I'd understand if they were an Aaron Rodgers away from a Super Bowl run that they would want to trade for the disgruntled oh, well, Packers see, quarterback. See, I'm looking at it. Houston immediately gets a ton of credibility. Right now, I mean, they're, they're bottom basement in the NFL. You're right in how they're viewed. They, their star quarterback who they signed a couple of years ago doesn't want to be there. They're in disarray structurally. Uh, you bring in a quarterback, what, second best in the league? If he's not the, at the, I mean, he's the, he's the reigning MVP. You bring him in, albeit at 37, you get him under contract for a few more years, and you help the structure of your organization immediately. Yeah, I just don't like it that much for either team. Uh, and, and again, this is the reason. Houston's not close to anything right now, so I don't think it would, it, it would make more sense than to invest in the draft with a, with a quarterback for the future than to take a flyer on Aaron Rodgers right now. And then for Green Bay, I keep coming back to how bad the Jordan Love decision was. They've got a high first-round pick. They've got a first-round pick invested at quarterback already. So not only are you admitting failure in that pick by needing Aaron Rodgers to this extent, but then you're going to trade Aaron Rodgers for Deshaun Watson, who's also facing 23 lawsuits. I, I just I, – it makes more sense for a different team. I just – I get what you're going with here, Hutton. I don't think that that's the route that I would go – if I were either one of those teams. And the elephant in the room is with Deshaun Watson, who right now is allowed to show up at training camp just to well, not that, get fined. And then whatever's gonna happen with him. I mean, I don't Well that's Is that, there a scenario where nothing happens to him and he can be traded and play right away? Well, the fact that he's reported forces the Texans issue. They can't just put him on some list that, that he did not report and fine him and just wait until the timing's right. They are now in a situation where they will have to make a deal with conditional picks based on whether or not he plays. And much like what happened in Atlanta with Julio Jones, the value for him is going down, not up. Because the, the idea that they're going to have multiple bidders offering massive picks is out the window now that every team in the league knows they're going to trade him. Watson's not going to be the quarterback in week one for the Houston Texans. Structurally and internally, they have moved on from him. 
And now he is, he was told by his agent to show up to camp because it forces their hand to do something with him right now. Same thing with Green Bay. Guttenkiss releasing this statement to the shareholders on the, e, the, the day before camp opens, they don't have a clue whether or not he's showing up based on the way he describes this. He's telling the shareholders, we've done everything we can and we're continuing to do that. They have no idea if Rodgers is showing up this week or not. Yeah, then you force his hand and make him retire if that's going to be his play, and you go with your first-round draft pick. I mean, they traded up to get Jordan Love for a reason, so show it. Prove it. Put, put him out there. I mean, that, to me, that's the, that's the logical play for Green Bay. I don't think it's trading for Deshaun Watson. There would just be a more eager trade partner for both teams. There are teams out there who are Aaron Rodgers away from possibly competing for a Super Bowl that would be more motivated to get Aaron Rodgers. But Rogers. I don't think those and teams And Deshaun have... Watson, I think there are quarterback-hungry teams – that didn't recently take a first-round pick on Again, a quarterback. Again, those teams are going to have to free up a lot more cap space, and it's, it's less likely to get, to get done. You can get a higher pick and trade contract for contract, and because of the post-June 1st deadline, spread the cap hit over the course of two years if Houston and Green Bay make a trade together. Look, it's interesting. I would not consider it if I were either one of those teams for the reasons I just laid out. Um, regardless of how logical it is for cap space and everything else, Houston needs draft picks. They need to start over. They don't need to add Aaron Rodgers to a bad team. Um, a lot of people in our YouTube chat saying Aaron Rodgers, if that if that trade happened, he would just retire. I well, think I think they probably may get, retire anyway. Is yeah, my but point. I'm saying if you're Houston, you would get. I'm sure that Aaron Rodgers come back and say, yeah, if that if you trade for me, I'm retiring. So they wouldn't do it in that case also because he's going to want to go to one of about three teams. If he gets traded, he wants to go to a contender. Well, again, it's not Aaron Rodgers' decision on whether or not he gets traded to a contender. He can retire. I know, but it is And he may retire, retire anyway. And Green Bay, in their case, can get a quarterback in return for a retiring player instead of letting him retire and getting nothing for him. They're moving on from him at the end of next year anyway, as it stands now. Right. Rodgers is you, going to force their hand by not showing up. But don't you think that if they came to him and said, hey, we got a, we got a trade worked out, it's with Houston – that, do you think Rodgers would then come back and say, okay, great, looking forward to going south and playing in Houston? The, or he'd say, if, if you make that trade, I'm retiring. I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to retire from football. I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to play for the Green Bay Packers. I agree. I think he's made that pretty clear throughout this whole thing. Even though he hasn't said a lot, I mean, it's clear he doesn't want to play for Green Bay. But uh, I think it's also clear that he wants to keep playing, that he showed last year that he's still in peak form. And he wants to go play for a different organization. And I would also argue to Aaron Rodgers, if you want to win a Super Bowl, if, that, if you want to get traded to a contender to win a Super Bowl, you play one more year in Green Bay and go win a Super Bowl. That's what you do. You're, you, you should have gone to the Super Bowl last year in the NFC Championship game. So you play one more year, you play nice in front of the camera, and do whatever you do behind the scenes, and you load up and go win it. And then you leave. You force the issue there. I think he wants out of Green Bay more than he wants to compete. For a championship. That's, that's the message I'm getting because Green Bay is right there with him playing on that team. Uh, that, that's how I'm reading between the lines on it. I, I, I think he wants to play. He's just not going to play in Green Bay. And I think that the, the suitors for Watson are going to be way down the list now compared to what they would have been six months ago whenever Watson was demanding a trade. Absolutely. And look, if it happens... Uh, great. I just I, I don't see Aaron Rodgers uh, willfully playing for Houston if they if they made that trade made that trade. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I just don't see that happening. I, and and look, Deshaun, I, Deshaun Watson, are we going to talk about the allegations? No, because the NFL I mean, I don't is not know, going to. I know, but I don't know what uh, what is the trade value for him right now because he, Deshaun Watson, like you said, when this started before the allegations started, 23 of them started rolling in. Chad, I mean, that, that, you could get he the mother load for Deshaun Watson in a trade. He reported to camp, and the Houston Texans can name him the starter week one right now if they so choose. Um, that's what the NFL message is. Watson's playing. Until they say otherwise, Watson's playing. Rashad Weaver's playing for the Tennessee Titans until the NFL says otherwise. So we know Watson's not going to play for Houston because the Texans have also moved on internally. So what's the trade value for a player that could play? I just put a conditional pick on it and, and move forward, get him out. Well, and just looking at the type of team that would want to trade for Deshaun Watson right now, it's obviously a quarterback needy team. Or a, There's one of two ways to look at it. 
you're the team that is young and rebuilding, and you're a ways away from competing for a Super Bowl that will take a flyer on a guy with 23 allegations like this, that he might have to sit out a year, but then we have Deshaun Watson for this rebuild, and we're going to be really good because Deshaun Watson is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. The other option is the team that is a Deshaun Watson away from truly competing right now. And would that team be interested in Deshaun Watson, or are they sitting back thinking, there's no way this guy's going to be with us for an entire season, much less half the season? So we're not going to just roll the dice on, well, he's going to be eligible to play, and now we're going to go compete with Deshaun Watson. So then it's what category of team trades with Houston for Deshaun Watson would they would they fall into? That, but see, like Green Bay in your scenario, Hutton, is the team that they're a perfect fit. Deshaun Watson could get Green Bay to the Super Bowl. They're a perfect in fit. Year one. And, and you have a backup option that is legitimate enough to buy into with the first round grade that they have on Jordan Love. I just don't. Not every team has that luxury. Maybe I'm completely naive in this, but I don't see any way that Deshaun Watson is playing every game this year. I, I'm not saying I do either. But the NFL is giving us no other option than to assume that he is tradeworthy right now. He reported to camp. The NFL can give that message, that non-committal message, by not saying anything and not doing anything. But it's completely separate for a team to sit back and say, oh, they're not saying anything, so he's fine. I mean, we, you know every team's going to deal with this with a heavy bit of skepticism well, on what the league is eventually going to do. But that doesn't mean that a team won't trade for him. I it agree. It just means they won't offer money, I, And that's big why I go back him. to which type of team makes more sense. The one that's totally okay with him missing a year due to suspension because they're building for the future with Deshaun Watson and around Deshaun Watson, or the team that's willing to take that huge gamble that we're close to competing for a title this year and Deshaun Watson could put us over the top this year. So which type is it? I don't know. To me, Green Bay is saying that they know they're close. Everyone knows they're close. Yeah. This could help you get there. It gets you a top five quarterback in the league. For the guy that's also a top five quarterback in the league, and he's out the door, uh, and again, presuming that he it, one doesn't report and B demands a trade, um, and and beyond that, Chad, it's also a signal that Green Bay is saying they can't do that with Jordan Love, or they'd have the same mindset that the Houston Texans do right now, a firm stance that he's not playing for us, but he reported, so we've got to come up with a way to get him out. Green Bay's not doing that; they're refusing to do that, and I think they need to start thinking more along those lines. It's an interesting idea. I, I, I like the idea the that you laid have out moved there. On from I don't think Watson it'll happen. I don't think Tyler- Aaron Rodgers would do it. I know that he has a, a he doesn't have a no trade clause in his contract. I just don't see any scenario where Deshaun Watson shows up and it works out perfect for Green Bay because he plays right away and Aaron Rodgers just signs up to go play in that swamp in Houston of what's going on with that organization right now. Again, it's it's not ideal for either but I, I'm basing it off of I mean, look, what, it, what could work structurally for a trade of this magnitude right now that impacts your, your bottom line figure for your salary cap now and next year and that makes the most sense for talent versus talent. And we know those two are close uh, and on par with each other. Look, it's not a trade that I think Mike Florio is going to get. I think you have to, you, you have to dive in a few layers to this to figure out why Certain teams would love to trade for Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson, and they can't because of the money involved and the way the salary cap is structured this year and how tight caps are around the league. This is a scenario that could work, and it, it is dependent on what Aaron Rodgers chooses to do. But the, the, the quote this morning from Gutenkust, if we could put that up one more time, Jacob, it is a clear signal. They have zero clue if this guy is reporting to training camp. This was at 11 o'clock this morning. We've been working tirelessly with Aaron Rodgers and his reps to resolve the issues he raised this offseason and remain hopeful for a positive outcome. I mean, there's a locker with his name on it, and that's pretty much all they know. Again, interesting idea, interesting concept. I don't see any way uh, that both sides would agree to that and that Rodgers would, he would let them know through his agent and everyone else that if this happens, I'm retiring. Hit us up on the phones. 855-208-8806. 855-208-8806 is how you can chime in. Coming up, we will get more into the Aaron Rodgers discussion as more news comes out. And what are we getting here from 
Gutenkiss. Oh, he said, oh, yeah. Gutenkiss says he remains hopeful for a positive outcome. Glimmer of optimism. That is coming from Ian Rappaport. Uh, we'll get PK's take. We're going to do some musical chairs. PK is back. He joins us next. Tennessee Power Hour is jam-packed as well, as the Titans will open camp this week. We'll hit the three biggest topics going into practice number one on OutKick 360. OutKick 360 across the OutKick network, and the crew is back together. PK joins the show. Hope everything went well. Yeah, I'm still in the temporary tooth. These bagels are really causing me strife. But when the uh, ultimate crown comes, it will be after 2 o'clock, I am assured. I uh, said to start the show that we are now anti-bagel as a show because of your battle with bagels. So I'm, I'm out on bagels. I'm, uh, I'm pro chopping up the bagel okay. like baby food, yeah. mashed carrots. So what do you think of the, the Aaron Rodgers-Deshaun uh, Watson saga where – the Packers aren't necessarily sure if Rodgers is showing up. I mean, they're hopeful. They they think he will. Uh, I don't think Houston thought that Deshaun Watson was no, showing up, I mean, and he did. The Watson story is more interesting, really. I mean, I think this takes everybody by surprise. I, I don't think uh, the new coach is ready for him to walk in. I don't think the league was necessarily ready for him to walk in. I thought they figured the discipline would kind of take care of itself because he was so anti-Texans. So he shows up to avoid the $50,000 a day fine. The league's late to react if it's going to react. I, I was saying, you know, I think I'd give him till the end of today, really. Today's Monday. He reported Sunday. If they don't do something by Tuesday morning, they're not doing anything. And if they're not doing anything, then they're saying, look, there's no criminal complaint here Civil cases against him aren't pretty, but that's for you to sort out, Texans, or anybody that's dealing for him. He's going to get paid, and you've got to sort it out. If a criminal complaint arises, then we'll deal with a criminal complaint when it arises. It's a very sticky situation, but if you're a team that wants to trade for him, the price is going to be down. You're going to deal. It's almost like the Michael Vick thing, though he had served his time for a much uh, for a criminal a conviction, a different deal, you went about rehabilitating him and going forward with him. And I think if there's a team that's willing to do that, and it sounds like Eagles, 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 everybody yeah. is talking about, if you're willing to take the lumps that come with bringing him on board, you get yourself a good quarterback. I heard you guys talking about the idea of him going to Green Bay. I mean, you obviously upgrade youth for for age in the Rodgers thing, less proven, obviously. But you're taking on the same problem. Uh, you're a year away from having to make a decision on a first-round pick with the option and all of that, so you've got the same headache. And I can't see Rodgers playing for Houston much like Chad in terms of wanting to win. If he wants to win, you've got to finish one more year with Green Bay. That's what Bay I said. Yeah, you show out. up and play. Yeah. You show up and play and go for it. Rogers um, thinks, uh, you know, it's not a beautiful mystery, but it's a mystery until they well, I don't report. think it's a, I don't think it's much of a mystery that he wants to win somewhere else to shove it up Green Bay's you right. know what. you got limited options. That's what he in wants terms, to do. You have limited options He has right no now. interest in winning for Green Bay. He has no interest in giving any benefit to Goodenkist. But there are very limited options as to where, like you said, financially you yeah. can land right now that's a winning organization that has room for you cap-wise. It might be Denver only that would do what it takes to get him there. Pretty good defensive team. Not a very good team, though. You put him there, they get significantly better. They're still in a really tough division. But it's awfully late for something like that to happen. I still think he's going to wind up playing for Green Bay. I do. I think the retirement talk is is a pressure play. I, I just don't – to me, the egos of the NFL, especially with the top quarterbacks in the league, you don't just walk back into yeah, a locker have some room kind of con without getting something. And, and if some the reports are true from Adam Schefter, and I believe them, that he turned down the money that he turned down, I don't know how you sweeten the pot to that, to that stance. I, Other than, Paul, I know you, you've alluded to – you put in some type of language, and you just get it out there and out front that this is the final year. This is the swan song, this and is, we, this make, is it. we make good after this season's over. We get you somewhere you want to be, but and surely we they've move already with love. And we, this is our idea. last hurrah like, together. Why would you have not pitched that idea already to end this saga? Well, you may have pitched it, and he may be pressing for more, and then ultimately come to a point where he says, "All right, that's the most palatable solution. L let's go ahead and do it." And uh, Rappaport is, is tweeting out that he's he's heard from 
people that have indicated who are close to Rogers that he's going to report. Florio and others have been saying this all offseason, too. Those, those close to Rodgers are, are these former players and friends of his who go on these shows and speak on Rodgers' behalf. That's really all we've heard from. Rodgers could end this in one tweet. He could end this with one quick snippet just or saying one, flight. Uh, one more year is all he has to put out, like running it back or whatever you want to say. One flight. Um, he hasn't done that. And it, there's a, there is part enjoyment in this for him. Like, He's clearly milking it for all it's worth. But I was listening to Andrew Brandt. Andrew Brandt was driving around, I don't know if you saw this, and just turned on the camera on his phone and just did like a 60-second video on his thoughts on uh, the comments from the Green Bay Packers uh, over the weekend and uh, his thoughts on the fact that they had admitted to flying out and meeting with Rodgers and his, and his people, uh, and, and they could not come to terms there. Uh, the, the idea that he turned down the money that he turned down. And, and Andrew Brent, who worked for the Green Bay organization and knows Rodgers, um, and, and what he's like behind the scenes, was saying, I just get the sense that there is a trust factor in all of this that is valued higher by Rodgers than anything Green Bay can offer him. And with that in mind, he just thinks they're at a, at a, at a junction, at a he fork passed. in the road, where they, the Green Bay is going to have to move him. And the question is where and how based on the financial structure of the league right now. They're in a very difficult spot to get something for him if, not, if it's not a player in return where you can spread that contract out over multiple years. Trade dead, dead cap hits, right, right. So, so to speak. I, I think you raise a good point. And he point. didn't mention think, Watson, but to me, you're getting a top five talent that could play for you, and we, we know they're willing to invest – in a, a contract extension for a top five quarterback in Aaron Rodgers at 37, they're willing to do that. Uh, but we don't know the financial details and, and the minutia of what years two, three, four, and five look like. But if they're willing to do that, wouldn't they be willing to do that for Watson if he's healthy and available? So I think extending on what Chad was saying with the Rodgers in Houston thing, which I just can't see, is that the clocks are all off, right? By the time Houston's young talent, and I use that word very <laughs> loosely, because I don't think they're young and talented. I just think they're young. But if you buy that they buy what they're talking about, by the time this crop is quote-unquote ready, Rodgers will be at the end, right? Well, You're talking two or three years, and in two or three years, that would be about the timetable for Rodgers to be finished. Well, they, they have It doesn't the, match up. They're, they're, the way their drafts get, they've traded away a lot of picks recently. The way that Houston's draft capital looks right now, they have their top three picks for next season. They still hold those. Who knows? Uh, maybe Bill O'Brien will figure out a way to trade those two. Yeah. Um, but, but beyond that, I mean, it would be similar to what Manning did, not with Denver, but it would be similar to Peyton Manning if he chose the Tennessee Titans back in 2012. Roster-wise, yeah. this team sucked. Yeah. And you get a future Hall of Famer at the end of his career – that's coming in to build you back and make one run. That would be the sales pitch to Aaron Rodgers in Houston. Brady was coming to a team in Tampa Bay that had a lot yes. more pieces than Houston has. Houston, if if Aaron Rodgers traded to Houston tomorrow, Houston is still, at best, looked at as the third best team in the AFC South, no? I think so, yeah. They, they still would be, but man, are they looked at differently. Differently, from a, for sure. From a momentum and just a... Okay, here's a team that made a move to get back with it, right? Like, they are so down in What's the dumps. What's their win total in Vegas go to? Eight? It's probably, uh, well, I don't know. I think nine. it's like at five right now. So what's it so go to? So it goes up a Seven couple games eight. maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but what does it do for them next year? Like, you're setting yourself up for next year, and right now they have zero plan. But if he has year. no faith in guys who have gotten the a team shaped to go to NFC Championship games two years mm -hmm. in a row... What kind of faith is he going to have no. in a team that has botched the Deshaun Watson thing but before any of the cases came up that had him wanting to leave? It's, that, it's the only environment that you could, if you're Aaron Rodgers, think is worse than the one you're asking out of. Yeah, but, but I guess my overall point is he doesn't want to play for the management in, in Green Bay right. in this scenario. But I can't imagine he does want to play for the one in Houston either. Well, again, if it's about winning... Load up for one more year and make one more run. Make I, a final swan song. I, I, uh, swan song I said all along that's what I think he should do, and I think that's what he want, will wind up doing. 
Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. That's where you can find details about an event happening Thursday night, Chad. That's right. We have the graphic to show you as well. We got a bit of a venue change this Thursday night. We're going to be at 6th and Peabody. And that's this Thursday night, 6 to 8 p.m. We're going to have a great time. We got some free food set up for our VIPs. We're going to put about 15 people on the list. So far, we have chosen eight of those people. We do this on purpose. We want the best crew possible. If you want to be considered for one of these spots, let us know. DM us, slide in our DMs if you'd like. <laughs> Mention us, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, probably the easiest way to get in touch with us. Or you can email us at 360 at outkick.com. Looking forward to taking the party to 6 and Peabody. Some of you know it as Old Smoky Yeehaw. However you know it, you're going to know it for a good time this Thursday night, 6 to 8 p.m. Let us know if you want in. Coming up, Tennessee Power Hour. We're going to preview Titans camp with some big headlines that we're looking forward to seeing play out over at uh, the, the Titans practice facility as camp begins this week. And also, we will discuss some of the Olympics coverage and uh, Team USA from this weekend. A lot to unpack over the next hour for OutKick 360. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to OutKick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.